My name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So hey to all you cool pups and puppets, because I love both equally. Good day and welcome to another episode of Epicness with yours truly. So pumped to be back to my regular schedule and rotation, plus have some really, really awesome content coming down the pike as I'm starting to sort of like expand the podcast to other platforms and mediums. So check me out. I'm so excited and terrified, but also happy because, you know, it's so refreshing to make your way back to what feels right to you in your soul, like what truly feels like coming home. Sometimes you need somebody to guide you there. So with that, just two reminders that I'll include in each episode for everyone going forward as we start to bring guesting to the forefront. If you would like to be a guest on the show or would like to nominate a person or historical icon to be featured, please do give me a shout. You can use the link in the description of the podcast or you can send me a DM on my Instagram at Made of Metal Podcast or at Ari the Hippie, both on Instagram, or you can send me an email at Ari, A-R-I, at madeofmetalpodcast.com. So it's all in the description of this episode and on my website, madeofmetalpodcast.com. Hit me up. And if you're loving the show and want to show your support, please feel free to leave me a review or a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. It would be beyond appreciated. Send me your feedback, send me your stories, or just send me, hey, I want it all. Now, last week, I talked about how moving to the Wild West has really sparked an interest for me in Wild West history and culture. I had just done a really big hike, and I did another one that following weekend, so I just have been really, really fascinated. And often, when we think of Wild West history, we think of folks like, Billy the Kid, Butch Cassidy, or like Jesse James, or of course my favorite, Annie Oakley. But too often, we do not acknowledge or completely overlook the people who were the real heroes of the Wild West, which were namely Native Americans. Native Americans were the original frontiersmen. And if you need any history on that, check out my episode on Sacagawea, During Native American History Month, I featured a couple of stories from prominent Native Americans, but Sacagawea was a young Native American girl who led the Lewis and Clark expedition. It wasn't really the Lewis and Clark expedition. It was really the Sacagawea expedition, and Lewis and Clark kind of like were following along. So Native Americans pioneered the West. Okay, long before Lewis or Clark laid eyes on it. And I wanted to feature the story of another prominent figure in Native American culture who helped shape what we know as the Wild West today. Now, this individual was known for their indomitable spirit, strength, and belief in family above all, which drove and guided their entire life's purpose. Native Americans have been oppressed for many years by groups who sought to take their territory by force, while this individual refused to give in and surrender his land and people. 
This individual encountered and witnessed so much cruelty against his tribe by others, but still remained courageous and unwavering against an ever-growing opposition. By remaining true to their culture and history, this individual set a standard that sparked a revolution, and they became a role model and a legend within the Native American community. So I personally have always revered and respected Native American culture as a complete outsider who has very little to no knowledge. So researching this story was truly fulfilling in so many ways. I learned so much, and I'm really going to make a point to feature more of these stories in the future because I just don't feel like they're talked about enough, and we're going to change that. So without further ado, let's get right into it. This week, we're featuring the challenger, the commander, the courageous, Goyakla, or by his more well-known moniker, Geronimo. Goyakla, which if I'm saying this wrong, please, I truly apologize, but it reportedly means one who yawns, just FYI. You guys know I love names, so I had to include that tidbit. So Geronimo was born on June 16th, 1829 in what is known today as New Mexico, but at the time was known as Mexico. He was one of eight children born to his mother and father. Unfortunately, so little details are documented with Native American history, so not much is known about Geronimo's parents or siblings. Geronimo was noted as a child who was an avid hunter and warrior. Legend has it that on Geronimo's first hunt, he swallowed the heart of his prey, as that was said to help bring luck on future hunts. It is known that Geronimo's tribe, which was a smaller group of the Apaches, had very little people compared to neighboring tribes. This resulted in a close-knit group, but it also made them a target for rival tribes and others who wished to impose on their land, such as the Mexicans who also occupied the territory and viewed the Native Americans as a direct threat. Geronimo showed promise very early on in his life, as he reportedly led multiple raids against rival tribes before he turned 17. Around the age of 17, Geronimo would marry and have three children, who became the light of his life. Just a few years later, in 1851, Geronimo and a group of men within his tribe headed to the nearby trading post for goods. While in town at the trading post, Word reached Geronimo that while they were away, his camp had been attacked by a rival Mexican camp who'd followed them home on the previous night. This news devastated Geronimo, and he rushed home to find his mother, his wife, and his three children had been killed by the Mexicans. This was considered particularly heinous, as the tribe and the Mexicans were in a peace agreement at the time. So it was an act of violence that the tribe was completely unprepared for. Geronimo became overwhelmed with sorrow and in line with Native American tradition, burned his family's belongings before taking refuge in the forest to grieve. 
It is claimed that while Geronimo was working through the deaths of his family in the forest, that a voice came to him and said, No gun will ever kill you. I will take the bullets from the guns of the Mexicans, and I will guide your arrows. After this revelation, Geronimo returned from the forest a changed man. He vowed to catch the group that murdered his family and rounded up a posse to hunt them down. Now, if you guys remember, Geronimo was a skilled hunter since a child. So this didn't take long, nor was it an arduous task for him to find the group. They found them and promptly killed them all, but didn't stop there. Now, I want to stop here and say that I do not condone violence or revenge in this fashion, but I will never know the pain of going to the store for a quick run and then coming home to find your entire family brutally murdered. So with that said, I do not and cannot judge Geronimo's actions in any way, and I would also appreciate if my listeners did the same. For the next decade, Geronimo and his tribe would travel around Mexico and engage in battle every time they came up against the Mexican soldiers. This is also where Geronimo would receive his more iconic name of Geronimo versus his original name of Goryakla. There is a bit of controversy here as to how the name actually came about, but it was definitely dubbed by others as being synonymous with fearlessness. Geronimo continued his assaults on Mexican soldiers until a huge shift in politics brought about the end of the Mexican-American War. The focus then changed from defending themselves against Mexican troops to defending themselves against incoming American settlers who had laid claim to Apache land. Following the end of the Mexican-American War, the U.S. acquired much of the land in Mexico that had been historically belonged to the Apaches. Adding fuel to the fire was the supposed discovery of gold in Apache lands, which brought Americans in droves. This resulted in even more conflict as Geronimo and the Apaches fought to defend their right to live on their land. Unfortunately, after fighting to keep the Americans from taking their land, the chief of Geronimo's tribe, much to Geronimo's anger, decided it was best for the future of the tribe to cease the fighting and allow the Americans to take their land in exchange for a, air quotes here, reservation where they would live. This resulted in the Apaches being moved from their huge territory to a tiny tract of land. After the chief of Geronimo's tribe passed away, the Americans then went back in their agreement to not bother the Apaches on their reservation and forced them to move to another reservation miles away. With this, Geronimo was again spurred into action and continued to fight off the American troops who were determined to imprison him and his tribe. The move to the new reservation resulted in Geronimo escaping with his group on at least three separate instances. Each time Geronimo was pursued, it became more and more difficult to capture him due to his extensive knowledge of the land. It was in 1881 that Geronimo would escape for the last time and elude his pursuers for an additional 
five years. So they could not find him for five years. This escape turned Geronimo into a national sensation as the news covered his escape and pursuit, as well as the Americans' inability to capture him. Geronimo would engage in many battles, but would never be killed, though he would be wounded, and he would continue to evade his captors. At the time, the U.S. Army wasn't quite as large as it is today, but it should be noted that Geronimo and his followers were pursued not by just a few soldiers. The U.S. government deemed it necessary to commit 25% of its forces to the task of pursuing Geronimo, which should give you an idea of just how badly the army wanted to capture him. Eventually, due to tribal politics and the general sentiment that Geronimo was driven by revenge instead of goodwill for his tribe, Geronimo had to make a decision. They were constantly being pursued, shot at, marching for more than 50 miles a day, weary, and on their last legs. In 1886, Geronimo finally surrendered to the army and was immediately thrown into prison. Geronimo and his followers were prisoners of war for a total of 23 years, constantly being shipped from reservation to prison to reservations. Geronimo's celebrity status didn't subside while he was a prisoner of war. Instead, the interest in him heightened. Geronimo was invited to appear in an exposition in Omaha, and from that point on, Geronimo would make several appearances in Wild West-themed showcases and shows. Although these shows did nothing but exploit Native American stereotypes, it gave Geronimo access to leave the reservation and funds in order to continue his farming and travel. In 1905, President Roosevelt invited Geronimo to ride in his inaugural parade as a show of solidarity with the Indians and Americans. The president even personally met with Geronimo following the parade, although it was not productive or fruitful, with the president calling Geronimo a bad Indian, big air quotes here, and refusing to honor Geronimo's request to free his people. All in all, Geronimo left disappointed and disenchanted with American politics. That same year, S.M. Barrett, who was a superintendent in a school district, requested to interview Geronimo. Barrett had to get permission from the president to publish his book, which was told in Geronimo's own words. Geronimo did not censor himself and told his story as he lived it, providing an oral history of the Apaches along with it. This was the first time that Geronimo was able to tell his story without it being twisted by American stereotypes of Indian culture. Geronimo would continue to live out the rest of his days as a prisoner of war who had to be escorted everywhere by U.S. soldiers. On February 17, 1909, 
Geronimo would pass away from pneumonia in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Reportedly, Geronimo's last words to his nephew were, I should have never surrendered. I should have fought until I was the last man alive. Okay, so this story gave me chills. I mean, truly, Geronimo's the literal definition of a man on a mission. After experiencing such a tragic and traumatic event, Geronimo made a decision to live for his slain family. And that's just what he did. He was a role model for resolve and resiliency. I mean, truly never surrendering in the sense that I don't believe his spirit ever gave in. I think he truly was being diplomatic and was trying to think of the well-being of the people he was with when he finally surrendered. I do not believe that he would have done it on his own. Even on his deathbed, I mean, he was sharing the truth in his heart that he should have never surrendered. But I mean, honestly, it takes even more strength, I would say, to surrender in a sense for the greater good, for others, to really, really sort of like have to sacrifice your own integrity for the good of others. Or are you really sacrificing your integrity at all? I don't think so. He spent his whole life defending his culture and his livelihood from others who literally just wanted to rob him, never backing down. And how cool was it that he was told that no bullets would ever kill him and he participated in so many battles and skirmishes against, I mean, he only would have a bow and arrow or a knife. This is reportedly what he would fight with. But they had guns. They had guns. Why was he never like shot and killed? That that to me is one of the aspects of the story that truly resonated with me because I just, I mean, we know that he fought so many battles yet he was never killed. So that was very cool. And I just personally love sharing the story. I, these are the words that I live by. Never back down, never surrender. I mean, hello, Bone Thugs told you, but Geronimo told you first. (laughs) I had to sneak that in there. But truly, I mean, on a serious note, my personal motto is to hold on, power through. Never give up power through because that's how you get through life. It's not necessarily, you know, being the strongest or anything like that. It's the person who can endure the longest. Like, what is your reason to endure? Because you're going to need to draw on it in life. And here's a quote from Geronimo. Short, sweet, and to the point. The man knew how to, if you read his autobiography by Barrett, super interesting. He was very blunt, very to the point. So, and I quote, while living, I want to live well. (laughs) I mean, what else needs to be said? Truly. So you can check out our website at madeofmetalpodcast.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook. And that's Made of Metal, M-E-T-T-L-E. 
As always, my loves, thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't heard it today, I love each and every one of you. And please do not forget to bloom where you are planted. Bye.